Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Moving through the corridors and bowels of an enormous and disorienting structure, the camera takes the viewer on a descent down to a dehumanized place of physical labor and intense hardship, a gigantic textile factory in Gujarat, India. In his mind-provoking yet intimate portrayal, director Rahul Jain observes the life of workers, the suffering, and the environment that can hardly escape from. And that is, the the film is called Machines, and we are honored to have with us today the director of the film Machines, and that would be Rahul Jain. Rahul, welcome to Film School. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much uh, for being here. Let's just get to the basics. Um, are you from an, an area near uh, Gujarat, or, or are you, how did you find out about uh, this particular factory? And I, I have a feeling there are a lot of factories like this. But how did you find out? And how? Absolutely. Uh, go ahead. How did you find? So, um, I'm a citizen of New Delhi, and I grew up in New Delhi, India, which is in the heart of India, the center of it. Something like what is what might be Chicago to to the United States, uh, geographically speaking. And uh, Gujarat is on the western uh, west coast. It's the western tip of India, mm-hmm. and my mother grew there, grew up there. He's from there. And every summer, I used to get the chance to visit my maternal grandfather, who was almost having something similar of a factory like this, uh, which is now defunct. And he used to live above the factory. So from the age of one to five, when I didn't have any language to articulate, I was able to roam around in a factory very similar to the one that I have shot in the film. And that's where I got my first unconscious experiences of a factory like this. At what point in your growth as a filmmaker and did you feel like this was the time to move forward with this particular project? And I ask that because it's such it feels like this film was a very big commitment on your part. Uh, and I'm, I'm assuming that not only the filming must have been rigorous and difficult, but also gaining access, uh, being allowed to come into this factory to do this. Tell us a little bit about how all that came about. The gaining of access was not that difficult of a thing because of uh, contacts that my family was able to arrange for me. I myself come from an upper middle class family background and that kind of availed me to certain access in the country. And the, the thing that you just mentioned, that, yeah, it, it did take its emotional toll on me, not just a physical toll. Um, but while you're shooting something like this, which everybody almost tells you that it is visible everywhere in India, you go out of your home and you're in the car and you see a kind of depravity of not just economic level, but of many different levels on the streets. Uh, so why would you want to make a film about something that is so common? And I do believe that um, it is somewhat of the role of art, among many other different kinds of roles one can do for it, to highlight the things in the everyday that we kind of get numb to, mm-hmm. but are nonetheless not all right. And 
I, yes, that flight was a very long commitment, but what did spiral into the snowballing effect that caused me to actually commit myself to such a big undertaking was a factory incident that happened in Bangladesh in 2013. A factory called Rana Plaza collapsed, which instantly killed more than 1,300 workers. And something like this happened in America in 1918. In the United States, it happened in New York. And That's right. That's right. that caused many different changes to be implied in the factory working culture and in the infrastructure and safety of workers. But an accident like that today in a third world country in the global south, like Bangladesh or India, did not still change yet any kind of infrastructural laws requiring factories to provide for better working conditions. Um, at the same time, I was being introduced to uh, a lot of different photographers, works, and art artists in my film school that I was going to at California Institute of the Arts mm -hmm. in Valencia, uh, California. And um, there was one particular photographer, Sebastian Soldado, whose work I found relatively hypnotizing. Mm -hmm. And people usually often accuse him of uh, taking photographs of subjects that are really poor and glorifying poverty. But for me, it was about access. And whatever you're able to show to the world in any way or form. And our world is a world that is moved by beauty. So it's something, these things are really ugly if you think about them morally, but it was one of my biggest existential and aesthetic challenges to want to do it in such an aesthetically provocative and beautiful way that one would not be able to take their eyes off it. Right. I think you pointed out something that's very central to your film. It's very, it's a key to uh, your appreciation of the film as someone in the audience is that you have done a, a magnificent job of filming these, the, this factory, this textile factory. It is, the, the cinematography is spectacular, the way that you frame things, the way that you, and you bring dignity to those individuals, but it's also hard to imagine what it would be like to be in those, in those circumstances. It's, it is really, truly wrenching to watch people do what they do and imagine that they're doing it 12 hours a day, many of them working even more than that. So there's this this eerie beauty to the film, and yet at the same time, uh, that you can the obvious suffering that these these men are are enduring on a daily basis. Um, I imagine in some way you couldn't have imagined what this was going to turn out like, but you probably had an idea that this is what you wanted as a final product. Is that is that a fair statement? Somewhat, 50-50, you know, but um, I think that the general popular consensus about aesthetics is that um, poverty is not something beautiful, and right. thus it should be looked at in an ugly way. Right. And I think that's where art comes in, uh, it's to make you look at the normal things that we are conditioned to in a different perspective. And it's supposed to cause dissonance in the viewer. And that's from my, that's what I think of it. Of course, people have different definitions of it. Um, and the cinematographer I was able to work with would be the Pejo Villanueva. He was one of my, he's one of my best friends from school. And we had a very good communication, almost unspoken. And he himself had worked in a factory as well. So there was a certain sense of dignity 
we almost being bourgeois uh, didn't necessarily perfectly have a way to to look at things from a from a dignifying let's say angle. But um, when you look at something eye to eye, I, I really think that we should try, uh, depending on the kind of perspective we have, to represent it like that. So mm-hmm. thank you that you perceive it in that way, and uh, that means uh, it was a job well done. <laughs> well, you did, and and uh, and I don't, and I don't, I thank you for underscoring that this the the situation and the poverty and the degradation of these people. It's. It's in the film. It's 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 there on the surface, um, and I, for our listeners, I want to just sort of frame the, this: how important the textile industry is around the world, but in particular to places like Bangladesh and India, where it is a forty billion dollar a year industry. It employs forty five million workers. And more than 12 million of them are children engaged in essentially child labor. And in these factories, 95% of them have no trade unions on their premises. So that needless to say, they don't have, they don't have uh, union representation. And the, the rate of pay, maybe you can t- talk a little bit about how much money these uh, workers typically make in, in, in what they do. These workers typically make three to five dollars, but please allow me just a little bit to digress in yeah. uh, my opinion of global capitalism uh, that is connected with this film and the subject. Yeah. Uh, I, I won't uh, go too much into a pedantic lesson, but there is certainly a thing of double standards here when there is a very regulated and restrictive labor law in a first world country like the United States or Canada or many countries in Europe, and when these labor laws are applied to the workers in, in, in these particular countries and, and, and people have um, a certain privilege that is almost a human right, that should be a human right as a, as a PM, the human dignity. And then after these human rights that are relegated to the human beings of these first world countries, when, when the citizens of these countries, the first world countries, they get their fabric or their food or something that is made by someone in slave-like conditions of labor, that is just um, something that I find very difficult to live with. But of course, we have to, because it's the world we live in. Uh, it, it doesn't make it right, though. No, and true. there's a certain hypocrisy here, uh, which the, the film is not particularly about that, but uh, we are conditioned to, um, conditioned to buying cheap clothes. And, and clothes are literally coming from the hands of slave labor. Yeah, it, it, yeah, truly, uh, Rahul, it is slave labor. It is slave labor. That's what we're talking about here. Uh, there's some more statistics that I, I, I that are in the in the uh, material on on the film. 21 million people are victims of forced labor globally. The Global Slavery Index says there are now 36 million slaves in the world. And about half of them are purportedly living or are in India. And um, it, you're right to make this connection to the to uh, neoliberal policies and capitalism. And it is true. Uh, this is this is just part of of. And as the title of the film, machines, those people are are just cogs in this gigantic machine. One in six 
um, jobs in the world are related in some way to the garment industry. So this is not a small matter, and and what is so wonderful about what you've done here is, I think, the is humanize, put a face on what those statistics are saying. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious, by the way, I want to remind our listeners, we're, we're speaking with Rahul Jain, and he is the director of the film Machines. Please go to the website to find out more about the film. You can go to Kino Lorber, which is the distributor for the film here in the United States, at Kino, that's K-I-N-O-L-O-R-B-E-R, to find out about where the film is playing as well. You said it was not all that difficult to gain access. Um, what is that because this is such a prevalent part of the economy in Gujarat, or is it just that, that you, you said you had some family connections? But th- this, this absolutely, there, yeah. there was family connections involved, but also at the same time, what you just said, it is so prevalent and common that the factory owner literally told me, "We're not doing anything wrong. You can't harm us." It's like every factory here, and there are a million of them, so you can shoot whatever you want. There's there's nothing wrong. Everything is legalized. Uh, Which He almost felt like he was empowered by the government looking away from this. And also there being a market demand for this. Yeah. Were you you surprised by his his cavalier attitude, or is that just what you described? It's just the government doesn't really pay attention or uh, I mean we have well, a not being a business person or an economist being an artist uh, I was surprised at, at the kind of brave method or way he was boasting about his exploits yeah. but it kind of made me realize that more than half the world thinks like this much more than half the world would be totally happy in being uh, in the owner's position of, of, of having a huge command on labor. And uh, what they say is that these people have choice. The workers in the factory have the choice to leave. But the choice is more like Coca-Cola or Pepsi. And you can take your pick out of those two things, uh, yeah. which I think is, 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 again, a neoliberal construct. It, it is. And, and uh, yes, that's right. The, um, it, in terms of the... Has this film, has Machines played in India as of yet? Uh, Machines had its Indian premiere in one month exactly, and I'm really excited for this. What do you suspect the reaction will be? Um, Because the film has traveled um, all the world over, and it has some accolades attached to its name now, uh, people might look at it seriously, but I think... I was thinking about the main audience of the film, and the idealist would say that it's the laborers, the workers in the film, that should be the main audience. But I think it's the middle class, in my opinion, that is the main audience, people who can actually make a difference, not the ones who are entrapped in this situation. Um, And it would be interesting to see how it appeals to the sensitive or empathic side. Yeah. One can only hope for... um, affecting the part of the brain and perhaps the heart that uh, makes you think and yeah. feel. Yeah, I I am always struck. Because there was a documentary that came out maybe four years ago, three or four years ago. It was about fast fashion, the trend of... It used to be seasonal uh, lines would come out for, for garments or for, uh, for clothes. 
and over the last few decades it's become every week there's a whole there's a whole bunch it's gotten worse i guess is what i'm trying to say in terms of the pressure that's put on this industry to produce more and more product i have to say that your film is so compelling and so uh, naked in the sense of it there's nothing filtered between what we're watching and 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 what actually is happening in these in the in this particular uh, factory I'm surprised I haven't heard more about it and I'm wondering if there isn't something of a been a pushback this is a, such a, an enormous industry and I'm wondering if the fact that I'm not hearing more about it and I'm someone who tries to pay attention to a lot of different things do you have you felt that there's been some pushback or pressure uh, upon you in the distribution of the film in, in any way? Well, um, from what I heard and I saw some videos of uh, a few countries in Europe called the ambassadors, summoned the ambassadors, the government summoned the Indian ambassador and asked them, "This is happening in your country as this movie shows. What's your response to this?" And all of these ambassadors almost systematically reply that, oh, that's just one factory, that's just one factory. This is a very uh, prosperous and wealthy area. So what it kind of tells me is that the power structures in my country are not willing to even accept that this is exploitation. They think this is normal. They think that uh, these jobs are giving uh, bread and butter to some people who have no other sources of it. And the question of human rights is non-existent in this equation when it's a question of bread and butter and salt, perhaps. Um, so uh, I, I will say that my country and my government has the resources, but just like most of the neoliberal governments in power today, they are complicit in letting their people go through this. Yeah. So I will say one thing to the viewers, that uh, don't go expect expecting some kind of uh, trajectory or substance uh, it is almost a flat line uh, in terms of how the movie moves. But if you are curious about the world in a way which might make you uncomfortable, but is common because food, housing, and clothing are the three most important things one needs to live today. And because of industries like fast fashion, where many different com companies are competing to make the cheapest cloth in the prettiest way, uh, many people are suffering and being exploited for this. So if you would like to look at that integral part of your daily life that you are not aware of, please go uh, and watch this film. It is startling and stark to watch your film, but at the same time, I did feel like by the by the end of it, I I I was angry. I was uh, I want to do something. I want I want this to to move forward. I want to know that there's some opportunity and hope for the people who are putting in these. Uh, insane hours and working in these factories for virtually no money. Um, I want to hear that India and other places where the textile industry is so uh, dominant are 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 going to do a better job of regulating and uh, the safety and also the wages for these people. Do I have any reason to be hopeful at this point? One can only hope that art can actually make real political change. But what it can do, hopefully, is that it can make people think, and the changes come from these people's thoughts. So if you like the film, please tell your friends about it, because documentaries don't really have any proper way of being advertised for. We don't have million-dollar budgets for publicity, and it's my dream that 
the more people see it, uh, I'm sure that they will recommend it to their friends. And yeah. please like us on Facebook and spread the word. Yeah, the, that can be the only hope. Well, the, the, it really, the, the, in, in this particular case, I would assume somewhat of what we're talking about is the pressure has to come from the consumers on down to the band, to the people in these factories, right? If if consumers know that this is the, this these are the conditions, and I know there have been times in in this country where we've had after the the factory collapsed in Bangladesh, I know there was a, a lot of pushback from from and a lot of pressure and 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 uh, spotlights on these different clothing manufacturers. And they usually do kind of a song and dance, and they talk about how uh, they uh, these are contractors that are not directly connected. There's a there's a system in place here that is insidious, that is designed to be able to uh, afford these retailers plausible deniability. They act like they had no idea this was going on. So it's up to the consumer at some level to try and put pressure. Is that is that a fair way to to put that? Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, but also. When you are snug in the fabric that is coming from these countries, it will definitely also give you some kind of smugness of complicity uh, because these things are not visible to us every day. You have to make an effort to understand what has been systematically erased from your immediate sphere of influence. So um, I think being aware and being curious about the very highly manipulated that we are a part of today uh, manipulated world that we're a part of today uh, is the first step to um, to interpreting reality around us and possibly getting angry or or feeling unfair for someone else far away and trying to make a difference. Uh, but the first step is to be aware, and uh, it's it's not easy. That's the thing. It's not easy to uh, see the world around us the way it is because it's been manufactured in, in such a way that we're far from it. Uh, the film, by the way, is Machines, and the the director is Rahul Jain. And we are. And I, one last point I want to make, and and that is, addition in addition to all of the the harm that's being done to the workers, the harm that's being done to economies and families, by virtue of the fact that these people are not receiving any fair wages, and the working conditions are such that I can't imagine that their health is not being impacted. Obviously, it is. In addition to all of that... Their average lifetime is 50 years. That's the average lifespan. 50 uh, years. The people that work here. 50 years. Is that right? Oh, my God. Okay. Well, there's... Yeah, their lungs collapse, and they, they have breathing problems, and they have cancers and allergies, and they really perish away quite fast. There are scenes in machines where where we see them what they're doing and the and walking through I'm sure dirty water all day long in an enclosed area with all kinds of machinery were at work all kinds of toxics from all, who knows what kind of chemicals are being mixed and used and all kinds of things but in addition to all of that and it that is horrific but in addition to all of that the environmental damage that is done from the from the cotton that's grown in the fields to all the way through this process, all the chemicals used, all the dyes, all the other things that are polluting the atmosphere and the water that we drink and the air that we breathe as a, as a human race, there is another whole component to this 
insanity. And other than to say you've made a, a, a beautiful film for people to have a better understanding of what is going on in these factories all around the world, but certainly Gujarat is a, is a place where that is a, a huge part of the economy. But my hat's off to you as a filmmaker and uh, and also as someone who could obviously is concerned about your fellow p- human beings. You've you've done a, a wonderful thing with with machines, uh, and um, my my congratulations to you for that. Thank you so very much, and sharing this with your viewers it really means a lot. And uh, one last thing: the film won the at the Sundance Film Festival in, in 2017. It won the Special Jury Award for Excellence in Cinematography. It premiered at the Sundance Film Festival. Thank God. Uh, for f- film festivals like Sundance and others where where we have an opportunity to see some great work being done around the world and they do have a sense of citizenship in the way that they present these films they're uh, world citizens um and it i'm i'm very grateful that you were able to find time i know we're calling you in the middle of the night and i so appreciate your time and i look forward to spreading the word about machines, but I also hope that you'll find uh, other projects worthy of your obvious talent as a filmmaker to continue to do what you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Again, the film is Machines, and we've been speaking to the director, and you did also editing and cinematography as well in this. Uh, You uh, were all over this film, and you uh, were also a part of the editing process and it's it's a congratulations and i thank you so much for being a part of film school and um please come back with with whatever you work on in the future i i look forward to you to talking with you again um likewise thank you looking forward to it thank you You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.